0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on Apple Podcast. Tune in. Google Podcast Now and Player FM, as well as Indie Rap Radio, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern. So, Gridiron Blitz here, episode 270 in the house, and we are going to have two guests today in the No Joke Football Huddle. Uh, First guest we are going to have is Jennifer Garland Johnson, the owner of the United States Women's Football League. And in about 40 minutes here, we are going to have CEO of the WNFC, bryant Seawall to talk about all things that are happening in the exciting new inaugural season. And we're going to talk NFL draft news, dive into week one as we recap Legends Football League, Seattle versus Los Angeles. And we'll kind of preview week two, which is Atlanta versus Chicago. And you get to see that via YouTube this coming week. And then there's going to be week three action as well. So we're looking forward to that. And week three uh, action in the WFA week three action in the WNFC for the week four clash that is in both leagues Uh, in the WNFC Utah Falcons taking on the Texas elite Spartans and in the WFA the big clash as well Boston Renegades champions taking on their longtime rivals DC Divas so big time clashes in the women's game in the US and uh, we're going to be basically talking about it all through the next two hours Uh, We're going to bring in, like I said, Jennifer in to talk about the USWSFL, kind of requested by a lot of fans. Uh, It's a little unknown in a lot of ways, but it is an impactful league. Um, The North Florida Pumas came out of that league as well. So uh, that's one of the high uh, high teams that came out of there. Um, So we will talk to her uh, about uh, the state of the USWSFL in 2019. What the growth and the potential is for them in terms of changes. And so they're kind of regionally based, so it's really uh, nice in that sense. And then we're going to talk to Bryant Seawall uh, of the evolution that is the WNFC, the impactful WNFC that's uh, year one with Adidas and Riddell, uh, what's in the works, uh, some of the legal things that have happened in the background about, you know, between the WFA and Uh, them in terms of what's going to go forward. Uh, So a lot of things to talk about in that sense. NFL draft news came out this week. So the pick is in uh, this Thursday, about 254 picks in this year's draft. So that's going to be pretty awesome in terms of who's going to come up, you know, uh, in terms of who's going to be the number one pick. But the, I mean, will Kyler Murray go number one? really the question that everybody's asking on here so on thursday uh the draft there's about 254 potential draftees um so that it's going to be great it's in nashville of all places so two teams with the most picks in the draft right now are the giants with 12 picks the patriots with 12 picks the fo- then followed by the bengals with 11 picks uh keep in mind all these picks are accumulative picks over the years Uh, They come to fruition at some point in a certain year. So the team with the fewest picks this year is the Seattle Seahawks at four, followed by the Bears at five. As a matter of fact, if you're a Bears fan, you can basically ignore the first day of the draft. That's because the Bears won't be making a first pick until the third round of the draft. So along with the Bears, there will be also three other teams sitting out the first round this year, which includes the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New Orleans Saints. On the other hand, the Raiders, the Packers, and the Giants all have multiple first-round picks. So there's where you're looking at. So Arizona as number one pick at this point, they have 10 picks in this draft, followed by San Francisco, six. The Jets come in with six picks. Uh, Oakland with eight. Uh, The Gruden uh, regime has changed in Oakland. We'll see how the outcome goes here. Uh, the Buccaneers have seven. A great thing for, uh, you know, Tampa Bay in terms of what they get, get going there. New York has 12. Uh, Jacksonville has seven. Detroit has nine picks. Uh, Buffalo, 10. Denver, eight. Cincinnati, 11. Uh, Green Bay, 10. Miami, seven. Atlanta, nine. Washington, nine. Carolina, seven. New York gets uh, uh, a pick from Cleveland. And then from the 8th spot, uh, Minnesota, 8, Tennessee, 6, Pittsburgh, 10. And these are in order, 1 through the bottom of the barrel. Uh, the Seahawks, 5, Baltimore, 8, uh, Houston, 7. Oakland get, got, uh, got a pick, obviously, for Julio Mack, uh, 5, traded up. Um, Philadelphia, 7, Indianapolis, 9. Oakland from Dallas, 6, the Chargers, 7. Seattle from Kansas City, seven. Um, Green Bay from New Orleans, six. The Rams get seven. And New England obviously gets um, 12. And then this is all in the first round. Second round, it pretty much it breaks down where Arizona starts off, and then it goes to Indianapolis from the Jets, Oakland, San Francisco, and so forth. So uh, pretty impactful. Uh, it's going to be round sequences. You got the article there from uh, CBS Sports. Uh, the draft order for 2019 in terms of where your, your team's got to pick in terms of sequence. Um, we do know that there's top names going on, so we won't know. It's kind of exciting to see who who gets who and how impactful that individual player with the alignment, defensive back, or quarterback um, really showcases and what the needs of the team is. So that's really why everybody gets all hyped up for the draft because it is a moment of, Either the team's going to improve drastically or it's going to be a situation where it doesn't pan out and maybe the pieces have to be altered in terms of free agency um, and then patched up that way as well. So a lot of things to think about if you're a general manager in the NFL in terms of how to make it right and how to make it to where your uh, team's competitive year to year. So uh, that's the lowdown on the NFL draft. Um, I did not have somebody to come on to, to kind of discuss the draft at this point. Troy's uh, been out for uh, – it's going to be out for till the 30th. So we'll touch base on the aftermath of the draft in terms of the next couple two weeks in terms of wow and how things um, are going to work out for certain teams, especially for Arizona in, in general, um, Tampa Bay, the Raiders, kind of a big deal there in that regard. Um, so let's go into – just kind of dive into – uh, week three here. Before we get Jennifer coming in here, week three of the key matchups that we had last week uh, was Arlington versus Houston. It was the Energy against the Arlington Impact. Kind of a crucial Division One matchup here in the sense where Arlington, kind of a left out there in the Division One, kind of try to prove themselves, especially with the Dallas Elite as well. So 34 to four, the uh, former IWFL champion Energy. Uh, Beats up on the Arlington Impact, 34-14. to Uh, The shockwave was very impressive as well for the shockwave. The shockwave really made an impact, and they're making an impact out west. 35 uh, to South Oregon Renegades, 15. Congratulations to the Renegades of South Oregon because they put up 15 points uh, to the PDX uh, uh, Division I squad. So congratulations to them. Uh, and they did a good job there. So really, really great um, what they did there. And I, I was pretty impressed. I thought they were going to get a donut or something like that, but they did not. A Cali War 56-0 to over Inland Empire. We talked about this. It's going to be a very cushy schedule for Cali War, considering they're only facing D3 and D2 if at that. And so kind of the disservice the WFA has done to this team. Uh, and are they going to be battle-tested when it comes to playoffs? So we'll see how that works out considering they're facing lower caliber teams in the uh, regional area. Uh, Division two, Miami, the battle of Florida was pretty much a dud. The Dixie blues having problems already two, two, you know, three weeks in not showing anything really to prove that they are competitive at all. And Miami fury puts up a 50 burger, 50 to zero in division two here. Not a good sign for, um, the Dixie Blues, who will be taking on next week the Orlando Anarchy Division Three uh, champions, so they got to muster up some sort of effort here. Uh, otherwise, Orlando has been on fire and so far three and zero. So they're coming in obviously to take a win. Um, Oregon was against Tacoma. Really impressive win by the Oregon Hawks here, twenty-one to zero against the Tacoma Trauma. Surprise, if anything, that is a surprising score. Uh, they put up, you know, 21 points uh, at home. I mean, uh, on the road at Tacoma, so very impressive victory by the Oregon Hawks here and their program D3. Uh, really, out, really good job going there, and they're doing a good job. So um, the other game was obviously Minnesota Vixen 35 to six versus Wisconsin. That was the one we were watching. Um, so no issues there. It's a rivalry, but uh, Vixen have owned the rivalry here. Uh, the Minnesota squad here is on a roll here. Division two, uh, maybe on a clash with St. Louis Slam. Early predictions here, of course. Team will go uh, further than until we get to the middle of the season at this point. So we will find out you know how that works out. Uh, division three, um, Richmond, Philadelphia uh, Phantoms, thirty-three to zero versus Richmond. Division two and uh, Philadelphia is going to be a key component in the Eastern Conference because they're probably one of the only other teams besides the Divas that can put some sort of fight against uh, the Boston Renegades, the champs. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Phantoms kind of emerge as weeks go further here, uh, and they're getting into a, a stride. We'll see how that works out. Derby, 54-0 on um, Cincinnati Sizzle. No surprise there. Derby City will be tested Week 4 against the St. Louis Slam. So we will see how uh, durable they are when they face up some uh, equal competition here. Orlando 38-36, a battle of Division, division three champ versus a top-caliber Division II uh, runner-up Tampa Bay Inferno. What a classic. 38-36, uh, the Division three champions edge Tampa Bay Inferno. Congratulations to Melissa Sparks out there and the Anarchy doing an amazing job there. What a, a great game. Unfortunately, I don't think we had any live stream of it. That would have been great. Uh, so congratulations to both teams for putting up a, an amazing fight and a great competitive game, 38-36. Tampa uh, gets down by uh, Orlando Anarchy at home. And uh, Tampa's had crucial start against uh, Boston the first week. Um, so this is, you know, the Inferno hasn't played bad. It's just unfortunately they, they're coming off of the end of the stick. The first game against Boston, was really just a you know, you're rusted, and so what do you expect? And you're, you're facing the champs, so it's not gonna be uh, a big uphill. So, um, mile high, uh, 40 to 0 against Las Cruces de la Muerte, um, La Muerte de las Cruces, I mean, uh, so 40 to 0, mile high blaze, and they're also on a roll here. So, um, they're, they are no different than in Cali War, they faced a lot of D3 teams, which they should win, uh, out. And then they get to face one D two team, which is Kansas City, I believe. So uh, the big test will be against Kansas City, and whether they can muster a win against a D two, I mean D one squad like Kansas City. So we're going to be going into the huddle here. If you go to uh, our Zazzle shop, our No Joke Football Shop, you can save up to fifteen percent off all all during the week with special codes. So check it out and get a T shirt, legging, shirt, anything you want. Get the uh, most famous shirt that we sell is the traditional and the revolutionary shirt, the no-joke football slogan shirt. Uh, so go to Zazzle.com, for us. Ice Gridiron Beauties, take advantage of the sales there. And if you want to take advantage of free shipping, $10 for the year, so you subscribe to Zazzle Black, $9.99, and then you get free shipping for 12 months in the U.S. So it's the best deal we have, and Zazzle's been on sponsor for almost uh, six years running. We really appreciate them supporting us. And uh, so go to Zazzle.com. If you go to our site and you don't see anything there, it's not a big deal. They also have Marble, D.C., and other great uh, brands that you can uh, basically buy from and still get the free shipping deal with uh, $9.99. So let's go into the huddle here. And we should have the uh, talented and also uh, amazing uh, owner of the United States Women's Football League. And that would be Jennifer Garland Johnson hi Jennifer
2: hi how are you
1: how you doing Jen Uh, thanks for making the time really appreciate it
2: thank you for having me
1: so Jennifer uh, the season's been uh, started right you guys started way before everybody else did before the WFA before the WNFC uh, like about a week or before that so you guys are into like uh, is it week five now for you guys
2: well, we kicked off season uh, March the 30th, uh, just a week four WFA, but um, we all took off in the entire league for the Easter weekend, um, so technically week three, um, as far as games are concerned.
1: Okay. Um, Jennifer, tell us a little bit, uh, uh, our audience, tell a little bit of our audience, we haven't heard about the w- the US WSFL as often as we talk about the WFA or we talk about... The WNFC, for example. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the story. Uh, you guys were at one point the uh, sp- a spring league, right? And, you, and then you and your husband uh, um, bought the league, and it it is what it is now, currently in 2019.
2: Uh, we we've owned the league for two years now. Uh we purchased it uh it was the u s w f l when we purchased it and um I'm not sure what all it was up to that point. I think it changed hands a couple times uh before we took over from mary butler but the u s w f l is geared toward um not exclusively but we are geared more to uh smaller smaller roster teams. Uh we have two divisions, the Iron Woman division, which is twenty two players or less, which is where the majority of our teams are. And uh then we have division two. We we do not have a division one.
1: So the caliber of play would be equivalent to D two in WFA, right? At this point, and then you have some D three uh obviously with the well, within divisions, right? Uh the
2: Division Three. Um, I'm sure it would probably what would be compared to the Iron Woman division uh, and right. then Division II, um anything with 23 players and up. And I think the Prodigy probably has the largest roster with, like, 38 right now. So that's the biggest roster team that we
1: have. And they've done well in terms of Washington the last two years, right? And then you have Price cities as probably your two staples franchises, correct?
2: Uh, Yes, that is correct. Uh, They have been here since uh, we have took over the league, and um, they still remain. The Prodigy has won the championship back-to-back seasons. Uh, The Hampton Road Gators, which came over from the WFA, won the Iron Woman championship last year, and then in uh, 2017, the Tri-City Thunder did win the championship that year in the Iron Woman division, so Um, early, early standings are telling us it looks like it could be those two playing for it again. So we'll, we'll see. It's a long season yet, but, uh, we'll see.
1: Um, Jennifer, the situation with the Titan stadium, I know it was, uh, weather and all that stuff. Is is that something that was, that was kind of exciting for you guys to kind of showcase a game uh, in an NFL environment? So, uh, can you tell us the details but, but of what happened? and? You
2: got... Yeah, that experience was absolutely amazing. The weather was absolutely horrible, but uh, we were able to um, reschedule the game and go back and play it. Uh, however, we did play for seven minutes um, in an absolute downpour, massive, the hardest strain I'd ever been in, and then it started lightning. So when it that happened, they pulled us off the field, and it just – It wouldn't pass, so we had to, unfortunately, reschedule the game. So we went back March the 10th and started from scratch and played the game all over. So the experience was, wow, it was amazing. Um, Being in that tunnel um, and then where we came out at was the tunnel where the Indianapolis Colts were coming off the field. It was Sunday night football. The entire Sunday night football crew was there. And we actually had a good audience staying and watching, even though the weather was pretty bad. So that was just an amazing experience. Now, obviously, when we went back, we got to play and do all the same things. But, um, you know, the crowd wasn't there, obviously, to see the Titans and Colts play for playoff contingencies like it was when we were there to begin with. But the experience was still unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And how is that relationship with them? Is it something that's a uh, uh, positive reception, Uh Do they, are, yes. are they aware that you obviously are in the local area and you guys have more you know, a couple of teams available uh, with they, uh
2: They, they actually, yes, we've, they've done offered us a contract to come back in uh, 2020. Um, obviously um, we could come back and at the end of 2019, if we can make it work in their schedule, uh, obviously, they want us to come and play when uh, after a game like we did last time but it's so hard in women's football because that's usually our dead period so um it took a lot of work to make that game happen uh even in December so the we'll see we'll see. They're wanting us to come back and we definitely want to be a part of that but uh we just gotta see what we can make it make work uh into the schedule and and see what we're gonna do as far as team wise. Um they helped pick an opponent last season or last game when we played them. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's definitely a positive relationship. We had a great experience. They treated us, you know, well, so um, it's just the experience overall, you know, with you look up and you see the replay on the jumbotron, you know, that's, that's a feeling that's indescribable. And you have the PA announcer that's just finished announcing the Colts and the Titans game announcing your game, you know, It's just, it may sound petty to some, but for women that don't get that opportunity to be on that stage very often, if ever, um, it's simply a a feeling that I'll definitely never forget.
1: And it's a great accomplishment for any brand, I mean, to be uh, recognized by, uh, you know, the big gorilla and the shield. So it's always a great moment. Right.
2: It just, it just goes to show me there's no reason that it can't happen more. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, it's all about networking and
2: relationships. Right. They right. hold all the power and all the keys. So we'll see what happens. But we definitely, uh, everything went well, ended well. Uh, we, uh, matter of fact, I talked to our Titans rep at least a couple times a month, you know, just – Uh, While we're doing promo, we're going back to the stadium to set up for some promo events that they have. So, you know, we have a great working relationship, and we hope to continue that.
1: Um, Jennifer, are you guys upgrading to social media status here? Are you guys staying low-key? I mean, there's certain leagues that do really well on social media. There's others that do well on, you know, Instagram or Twitter or all these other venues. Are all your teams on social media or not?
2: They, they should be. Yes. Um, we strongly encourage it. We are rebuilding all of our social media. We just got our website totally redone. So it is up and current and fresh, but, uh, our social media, we are rebuilding because unfortunately when we took the team over, um, that didn't come with it. So that was a bummer because it had a pretty good following, but, uh, hey, it is mm-hmm. what it is. So we've been working on rebuilding all that. Uh, it's a process, but, um, uh, we're getting there.
1: Is it a requirement for each team to have a social media account in your eyes at this point as a, as a league, as an owner of the league to kind of give the brand visibility and credibility?
2: I don't see why that, why they wouldn't have, um, you know, it's just a positive thing and it can be a great promotional thing for, um, the league and the teams. So I, I think that every team does have one. Uh, I think some of them promote their self a lot better than others. Um, but, you know, I think currently, yeah, I was running through the teams in my head. Every every team has one. So like I said, you know, the Prodigy, the Assault, the, the Gators, of course, the Thunder, we all try to do a great job of, of keeping everything fresh and up to date and post really often. But um, there's a few that's lacking behind that has one, but they don't update it and keep it as active as we'd like.
1: Are you guys using interns, um, Jennifer? Have you suggested doing that? I know a lot of the other teams, like in the WFA, they're not as, you know, it's because it's time-consuming and all that, uh, using interns or they're using family members that love to be on social media to do updates and posts and things like that. Have you guys considered that stuff?
2: Uh, I think mostly most of the teams, you know, uh, has a manager or someone that does that for them. Uh, the ones that don't post very often, I'd say um, probably needs that recommendation so they can get some help, but um, myself, our t- myself, I handle the league, and our team along with our um, manager, she helps. Uh, it's her and I that promote it and post it, so we try to keep it fresh and up-to-date often. So uh, I think that's the case for most of our teams.
1: Jennifer, profitability on a business model in women's football is nine times out of (laughs) ten. It's probably not a really good profit, as they say. Um, So when you got in here, something to ponder, right? Because everybody says, oh, I'm going to start a football team. You're like, okay. uh," And a lot of your family members (laughs) are going to go, what are you doing throwing money away or whatever, right? So that's the first thing that everybody kind of throws at you because it's not like a, a normal business where it's got goods and services and return on goods and services. Um, it's kind of a challenge to put, you know, butts in the seats as an example. Um, so That's right. when you decided to take over the league and buy it, was that a consideration or did you guys, you know, go through the process?
2: Well, we had to weigh our pros and cons like anything. Um, we didn't, we took over this with expectations, not to make a huge profit or to make a profit. We took this over with a simply thing in mind is we want to make this a great place for not just small market teams but that is our sole focus and it has always been the the sole focus of the the base foundation of the uswfl so we um, have took those two years we have made our league fees very very low to encourage teams to come and try us out Um, so far everybody that's came you know, of course, there's hiccups here and there, but we, uh, we've we tried our best to make it a very, very team-friendly league. So um, we're not necessarily looking at it to make a fortune like some of the other leagues are, and I I know that they probably make large fortunes off of it. I'm not going to say fortunes, but they, they turn a profit if you just put the numbers to it. But um, mm-hmm. that's not what we're about here. We're about... Uh, about the teams, about the players, about the ladies.
1: Jen, uh, you played uh, football yourself, right, uh, for a couple seasons, so you can relate to the intangibles of the player with either finances or, you know, injuries, et cetera. So, is that something of a key for you as a as the main owner of the league, kind of you, you know, well, kind of relate to the situations?
2: Yes, and I still currently do play. So, um, right when I started out playing, um. The the fees that it cost a female to play football is out of this world. Is it, Time you is it to travel, it is absurd. It's ridiculous because getting help is slim to none. So when we set up our team, this is going to be Tri City's fifth year. Uh, we set it up as a nonprofit because again, um, I seen what other ladies were struggling with where I played before, and what it cost me myself. Uh, to play So when we set our team up We set it up as a non-profit uh, We just want to provide the ladies the opportunity To come and play football And expense not to be an option Now with that being said We all know that the, the monkey in the room Is everybody has to pay to travel You know, sure. etc So what we try to do is This is the, the first time In team history this season uh, Tri-City Standard did not charge A player fee, zero it costs you absolutely nothing to come here and play. So, with that being said, you know, we've had to work harder to get the sponsors. We've had to work harder to, you know, do our standard fundraising that brings in some money to cover our field costs, to cover our travel costs. So, um, it's a building block. And it's been a very, very positive one because for the first time uh, in our five seasons, we've had the biggest roster that we've had to date. So, um I think that's something that the ladies really appreciated when we had our team meeting and, and decided this um, before the season started. So um, it, it's been a great experience, and I think, I think a lot of other teams should try it. Um, whether it be you have to work harder to get that $5,000 sponsorship to cover those away games or whatever the case may be, I think it's definitely worth it to not have to have a player stress over if they're going to make this away game because they don't have a ride there or they can't afford the gas to put in their vehicle or, or even if they don't have a dependable vehicle to make it on that away trip. You know, so um, it's been a very, very positive thing for our organization this year.
1: Structure there would be uh, more inclined to accommodate because a lot of times when you go on a business mode, That's the reality, which is, you know, building relationships with hotels with discounts, figuring out how you're going to get, you know, car rentals, et cetera, et cetera, discounts on car rentals, things like that. Something to minimize, like you said, the the actual cost that you're going to have to pay out of pocket. Um, Sounds like a great model for you guys and staying staying at a lower roster um, setting really, like you said, allows you guys some freedoms where in other formats you know you got high rosters but in reality even if you had 50 uh, you're only going to you're only going to see really what 27 to 30 show up at every game because of whatever right. situation happens their fees and things like that so you lose out on a real team uh, bonding type mentality because uh, you know everybody suffers either they, they can't make it they intangibles with money things like that or they bail out and, and they see, can't say we're not we are not we are not about
2: team. that we don't we don't do that here if there's a player that can't make it for whatever reason we help them figure out a solution to make it work. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, which which is the right thing to do. Of course, it's the right thing to do. Just to, right. you know, pick up your teammate and get them there. Um, Jennifer, you, so far in in your ownership, uh, have you you've seen obviously you know other leaks come and go in in that short time as well? yet yeah, teams shift from one league to another because of fees or because the regional uh, aspect of it is more friendly in terms of less costs and things like that. Um, how do you guys keep all that into uh, account in terms of ownership, in terms of the teams? Is that your whole thing is just try to keep everybody so nearby that you don't have to you know, spend so much money to travel into to these games?
2: Well, actually we're, we're kind of spread out uh, to be honest, but uh, you know, it's the shuffle every year, no matter what, um, no matter what happens. There's going to be the teams change leagues from one league to another no matter what. But, um, yeah, we have seen leagues come and go, and we don't wish to be one of those because um, we're very happy with the direction of our, of our league and the future that we're building here. Um, we didn't take over it to know that we're going to build this thing in an overnight success. Um, we know it's going to be a work in progress, and, and it's it is a big headache some days but um at the end of the day you know we we know that we're doing the best that we can and we're treating everybody fairly everybody's got a fair shake we don't treat our division two teams any better or less than our iron woman which is our division three we call them teams you know everybody's on equal playing field when it comes to um year-end awards statistical wins stuff like that so um we're just we're just really happy with the direction we're heading.
1: How do you keep stats, um, Jen? Because it's it's a problem in the WFA. Only you know certain teams upload. They're required to upload stats and, and really post them up, and they're they're not doing it consistently. And I mean, certain teams do it, and other teams don't. So, is there a mandate well, for owners to <laughs> try to keep that up as much as possible? There there is,
2: but uh, we all know how that works. Um, yeah. The uh, we we signed on to do crossover this year as our film server, and uh, most of our teams use that service as their stats uh, to get their stats done anyway. So that has uh-huh. proved to be a great great success that way. Now we obviously we got a couple teams that still drag their feet for whatever reason I mm-hmm. don't understand because it negatively affects your organization and your players. I mean, sure. when you clearly having a contract, hey, for your players to be eligible for year-end awards, they have to have statistics on them. I mean, um, you know, yep. everything's not How based on gauge, statistics, right? but at the end of the day, it is. You know what I'm saying? So yep. you yep. are just hurting your organization. You're hurting your players, and your ladies deserve more than that. Even if they don't win an award, they deserve the right to be recognized. Uh, we have a player of the week every offense and defense, every every week. At the end of the year, we have an banquet, awards banquet, and at that awards banquet, we present them with a plaque and a medal. So you're taking not only the opportunity away from your ladies to be recognized and maybe win a year-end award, but even a Player of the Week award because you got to have statistics to back that up. So yep. um, I, I think it's silly for teams not to do it. Uh, I'm a big fan of stats. We've had statistics done here since day one. Um, and I just don't know and understand why teams wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah. The rule book in your league, is it NCAA co- combination with NFL or how does the rule book work?
2: It's, it's high school modified.
1: High school modified. Okay. Mhm. So do you have a mercy rule yeah. in there as well?
2: Um, High school has a mercy rule and we, we abide by that. The only, the, okay. we don't have many, uh, many, Modified versions to the high school rule the uh, just a couple of them is the overtime rule um because simply because we ran into an issue before that a high school rule in overtime is different in Texas than it is in Florida, so we yeah. didn't realize that at the time, so we modified that to be you know one way regardless um and, and two, we play with a junior ball um you know everybody's got a modified ball, so That's just a couple of the the things that we do. But for the most part, it's high school rules.
1: Impressive stats. Um, Any players uh, at the top of your head that stand out that we should be aware of on on certain teams in your league? Well,
2: every team has their athletes uh, that's going to show out given the chance. You know, every organization has those. Um, So to pick a couple, I, I wouldn't put anybody out there simply because <laughs> um a lot of times our ladies don't get the recognition just because we don't want people to say, Oh, well that was a biased decision, even though they have numbers that are that are better than the person that may have won that award sometimes it seems like just because some of these teams think automatically, well you're showing favoritism. Statistics speak for themselves so, um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call out any names. Simply because every organization has some, but um, you know I don't know them as well as I know our girls, so um, I'll I'll refrain from doing that to save save ourselves any backlash from any
1: teams. (laughs) All right, but there are key there are key players on each team that obviously have contributed to either branding of the team and obviously made an impact with fans, Um, and that's the one thing that we really want is just to showcase out there. One of the, you know, the either offensively or defensively, uh, a lot of a lot of players will tell me, uh, Jennifer, uh, defense doesn't get much love, but it's all offense and scoring that they get it. So <laughs> That's true. in the trenches, in That's other words, in the trenches. So well, it's very rare when you have a certain league really focus on the trenches, and there's a lot of good, talented uh, linemen and all that that don't get as recognized because you know, as the line goes right, everything else. Right. Works out efficiently well, if the line goes we, we bad. Don't do that. Nothing works.
2: We 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 give the line lots of love here. Matter of fact, the player of the week last week was a line one a line woman on offense. Um, the statistics her coach gave us was was unbelievable, uh, just by what she had done and accomplished in that game. So, um, you know, we we try to give you, everybody love here that deserves things- it. Um, Things get overshadowed
1: out, by yardage all the time. That it's kind of like right. that's how you don't get. You know what I mean? Because everything's measured by yards, right. <laughs> it's like right. like a running back or a quarterback by fans. yards. Yeah. and and you never never nobody ever realizes that the uh, the line also creates yards. <laughs> if you throw a three right. yard pass, With
2: that, that should be accumulated
1: to the yards. yards. <laughs> so you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm um, just saying it's like it, it contributed to the yards.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Exactly. And that was some of the information that Coach Bell had given us on that. The offensive player that had won the award this past week was from the Prodigy. And he had talked about how many key second level blocks she'd had to pick up first downs right. and how many touchdowns were scored in her gap and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, we like Yeah, when you're a solid wall
1: and you do really well. <laughs> You should be you know you should be noted for it I mean there's a lot of great linebackers out there, but you also have safeties and corners that don't get noticed as often right on simple that's techniques
2: that's
1: right. and stuff like mm-hmm. that but we're all you know we're all glory hogs because we want you know we want the big <laughs> the big high scores and stuff um and when it gets right. down to like for me, it's always better for me to watch a seven to six game uh than to watch a fifty to you know forty three burner because a seven to six game means to me that everybody is physically exhausted at the end. There's like no give. Right. And one person just had to just get an edge over somebody else. That means you mm-hmm. played really hardcore football. Uh, but, you know, to an average right. fan that loves offense, they're like, this is boring. <laughs> and well, if you've ever played football, it's not boring. It's very competitively physically right. physically exhausting. And At the end of the day, you actually shake the other person's hand and go, man, you are just <laughs> – You know, you're like, you can't say no, you can't, there's no give in other words. So you have to just got to be gracious and go, that was a great game. You know, that's true. So it works out really good uh, when you guys do trenches like that, you know, uh, glorify the, uh, you know, the, the, the key players that obviously contribute to the line as well, not just the QB and the running backs and things like that. So it's great that that's been done. Um, So, is it 10 weeks for you guys, uh, Jennifer, at this point, and what, 12 weeks total in the season?
2: July 13th, 14th. That's where the WFA moved their championship to the same weekend as we have ours. So, And I say that because we had our scheduled first. <laughs> well, of course. So, same weekend as we had it last year, um, and I think they moved it back. Maybe something to do with the WNFC. I'm not sure what what the reason is for that, but – um, hey, it is what it is. We we're gonna show up and do an awesome job like we always try to do. And may the best team win. Whoever's in it.
1: Yeah. Um. How many teams are in the league right now, currently, as, as, as that we, have in, we, we the, have in the U.S. We stuff?
2: have nine that are actively playing this year. We
1: have okay. um,
2: two that are building for next year, and then one that has took a year off. The Carolina Queens took the year off this year, um, and then we have two that are actively building. So we we look to keep are you the, up our number to around fifteen. Are
1: you, do you evaluate in the off season in terms of who's able to muster a whole season? At this point, are you like betting right. some well, some teams to, to,
2: uh,
1: with the program? But
2: obviously, when uh, we tr- we try our best to do that because our our number one pet peeve is no forfeit. That's not excuse me. That's not good for women's football. It's not good for the the league. It's not good for the team. It's not good for the ladies. So um, we strive every year that from happening. Now, obviously, it it usually end up does. So far this year, knock on wood, it's not happened yet. But um, you know, that's our number one goal every year. It really disappoints fans.
1: As well. Because then your sponsors right. go like, okay, why am I putting all this effort and money into you if, right. if you're not going to complete the whole game? So it really hurts you right. finance, marketing-wise, too. It really hurts you in the pocketbook. Right.
2: right. Yeah, we we try to screen that every year. Obviously, there's some misses sometimes, especially when teams aren't transparent with what they really have. You know, they can tell you they've got 30 players, and then right. you release a schedule and they've got 12 you know, that, that creates a huge problem. We've had that happen before. So we try our best to, to screen that to keep that from happening. But obviously, you know, it slips through the cracks sometimes.
1: Jennifer, is there anything else you want the uh, our listeners to know uh, about the USWFL in terms of, you know, what's coming up, what's the, the vision, the growth, anything that we haven't talked about?
2: No, just, I mean, follow us on our social media. I can't talk. Follow us on our social media. Um, it's USWFL Football League is our Facebook page. Uh, our website is uswfl.net. Um, it has all, the website is the best source as far as fresh material. Now, we we update our Facebook page. At, we try to do it every day. But um, there's so much fresh material as far as pictures, videos, um, just little articles, anything that's happening with the team, teams, not just a team, all the teams, on um, on the on the website as well. So, um, I just encourage people to watch that, follow us, and and watch for our growth to happen. And if anybody's got any questions, feel free to to contact us. I mean, we're open open discussion and open door. We we try to be honest and upfront about everything that we do, as far as our league's concerned um you know we're just we're looking to grow the sport like everyone else
1: Jennifer uh you can't forget uh JC Hawks radio has uh your um coach Johnson on Tuesdays like we are tonight uh, and the, he also yep, gives us the lowdown right on the U S W F L. <laughs> yeah so he gives us the lowdown on the United States Women's Football League too so That's you guys right. can catch him on Tuesdays I believe 6 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern on JC Hawks radio right that's correct all right so jennifer thanks for making the time uh you're always welcome back if you need to promote anything well you are just you know chime me in and then uh, we'll get going there but i really appreciate you making okay, the time okay. giving us our, our listeners an overview of your league uh the exciting 2019 season washington prodigy uh looking to uh, make a, a mark uh, once again in this year so it's gonna probably gonna be a class there at, towards the end but uh, they've done a good job for the last two seasons and a very solid program.
2: That's correct. Yes, they are. We appreciate you having us for sure. Thank you for the time.
1: All right, Jennifer. Thank you. Have a great uh, week.
2: All right. You too. Thank you. Have a good night. All
1: right. That was uh, Jennifer Garland uh, Johnson, uh, the owner of the United States women's football league and 2019 season Washington prodigy. Big time there, uh, Hampton Roads gay, uh, Lady Gators. Um, you guys can go to uswsfl.net, get all the details there, as well as you guys can listen, like I said earlier, uh, Tuesday nights we're on, and then obviously Coach Johnson is on, uh, courtesy of J.C. Hawks Radio, and he talks everything, uh, United States Women's Football League, on his show. So you can tune in as well or do, catch the replay on both shows, ours and, and his. So check it out. Um, it's on J.C. Hawks Radio. You get the link uh, on J.C. Hawks, J.C. underscore Hawks on Twitter. All right, so you guys, um, Zazzle.com, go to the Zazzle.com site, check it out. we got specials going on this week, uh, leggings, T-shirts, anything, and then you get uh, free shipping for 10 bucks. So don't forget to go there. And um, if you are wearing or sporting any of our shirts, direct messages on Facebook or Twitter. We're more than happy to post it up, get you going there. I want to thank uh, Sasha Cruz, uh, Smooth Laurie, uh, out there in Mile High, Smooth uh, Barry S- 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 Jones, as well as Kelsey Cristiano for supporting our stuff this season here. And we got more athletes coming up in the next uh, couple months doing the things, including international athletes that we are just trying to work with as well. So it's going to be pretty awesome 2019 between now and, and the end of the year. So uh, if you haven't checked this out, go to uh, Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. You can go to the Facebook page uh, and you can use the Shop Now tab there. If you're international, it's not a big deal. Go to Zazzle.com. Go to the lower part of the site. It says Worldwide tab, and you can order stuff from the international sites via Zazzle.com. So thanks for supporting us. Really appreciate it. Uh, wanted to just say thank you to everybody that's gone to the hub at Facebook.com forward slash Beauties. 6,900 strong now on Facebook, 6,700 on Twitter, and we are just blowing up on reach. 12,000 almost monthly on reach. Um, it's going to be awesome so keep it going sharing posts everything else Uh, the best network on the planet covering women's american football that is us at the hub at facebook.com for us gridiron beauties so we're going in the second huddle here and we are going to have the uh, privilege to have Bryant seawall the uh, ceo of the women's national football conference the wnfc in the house brian how's it going hey oscar how are you tonight I'm doing great. I had a great, great week. Uh, good football all the way around in both leagues. So kind of excited to talk about it. So, and the clash that it is this week, uh, Brian, that's why I want to bring you on. It's Utah, okay. Texas Elite, the rematch of
0: the best of the West. So uh, kind of a yeah. treat in week four. That ought to be a good one. I'm sure uh, Rick and his staff are looking forward to it as much as Odessa and our staff are. They're, they're a great team. Uh, they need, you know, they need no introduction. They they play at a high level. They've been very successful for a long time, and uh, it's a privilege to get to play teams like that. And uh, <clears throat> we look forward to it, and and hopefully we can uh, we can compete well against them again this time. So this week, uh, Brian, we have the the battle of the um, winless teams. Nebraska will take
1: on the Houston Heat. Nebraska's played pretty well against the Spartans. Uh, I got to give them props for that. And then um, you have Houston, who obviously didn't fare well versus the two matches against uh, your team. But uh, this is a good test for Nebraska, especially in the rankings, in the middle of the pack, in terms of the rankings. Uh, this week you get number one, number two battle in week four. And then you also get a couple teams that need to make a move if they want to get into that uh, conference uh, finals.
0: No, absolutely, and, and both of those teams are are, are pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> I you know, parity is a very difficult thing to achieve. I mean, my gosh, the NFL has been trying to achieve parity for 100 years, um, and I, they're doing pretty good, but still, you know, it, it's very difficult to have everybody be at the same level. Obviously, the WFA right. suffers from that problem. You've got two or three teams that separate themselves, Um, I think we're blessed in WFC to have four or five that are there. But, you know, everybody else is is up and coming. I mean, you know, the Bobcats have done exceptionally well. I think that surprised a lot of people, not a big surprise to us at the league. But, you know, they did very well. And then, you know, you have the Phoenix Prowlers who, you know, did their first game, their development this, this year to kind of build momentum for next year. And that was a fantastic game. It was 8 to nothing at, at halftime. So uh, the, uh, the Nebraska team and, and Houston Heat are both kind of right there at that next tier. Um, they need a little bit more me- momentum and a little bit more depth to get them going. But, but both of them are pretty good teams. And, and I think that most teams would say, and I think probably Utah would say the same, You know, we don't – people shouldn't always judge how good a team is simply by how they fare against Utah or us because that's not really fair to them. Um, And and I think that's going to be a great game. I look forward to watching it because I think they're both going to do, you know, very well.
1: And then you have the other game, uh, the rematch, Seattle-Los Angeles. And that was literally a very good uh, launch there. Uh, Bobcats, Majestic's um Jessica's coming off that emotional win uh with the loss of uh, of uh, jen moss and they they win against vegas so now they get to face uh you know the arch rivals again bo- the bobcats uh, so it's just gonna be a good no, game absolutely. as well
0: yeah that was a dog fight last time and i think it probably will be again and and Denver and las vegas have been doing well as well i mean sometimes in the momentum of a football game it just mm-hmm. you know sometimes it, it's close and then that momentum breaks and maybe it ends at 28 to seven or, or 30 to nothing, but it was closer than the score appeared for a long time. And a lot of that has to do with depth, which is, you know, certainly not easy, uh, in this sport. Um, you know, I think Utah and, and Texas elite are blessed to have pretty good depth, obviously DC, Boston, the bigger squads. Um, but, but it's hard in, in, on some of the smaller teams or the up-and-coming teams to always have enough depth to sustain through that fourth right. quarter. And I think that'll get better as these teams develop, as teams learn what the WNFC is about, what we do that's different. And I think all those teams' rosters will grow, and you'll see that. Uh, I think you'll see that develop and continue to to be better as time goes by. I mean, we're, we're only three weeks in, so, you know, give us a little bit of time to, to kind of get the momentum going, and I think you'll see some big changes.
1: Well, the ATL-Alabama uh, uh, matchups, the one thing I like about the WNFC in, in this inaugural is that everybody at some point meets up more than once, and that's really, like, momentum building because if you're facing yourself back week to week, you know, back-to-back back weeks, it really gives you... An opportunity to get better the next week because if you got you, know, you got blown out one week before and now you got an opportunity, you know, like in a back in a home to home type mentality. Uh, for example, you know who would nobody I think was surprised that the the Phoenix is this good. You know it's probably on the lower level than Utah, and Texas, but they're that good. And then San Diego, obviously, we already know what they're made of. So those are the four staples. But you know in the middle of the pack is where we're, it gets all interesting, especially now that we're going into week four through week six, there's going to be some shuffling. And so that that makes it so much interesting.
0: Well, I don't think anybody at the WNFC headquarters was surprised. I mean, Atlanta has a a great history. Obviously, Seattle probably has one of the longer ones out there. The surge, uh, you know, the same thing, although, you know, the rebellion are up and coming and they're doing well as well. But, um, you know, Alabama came in as a slightly smaller team, um, but you'd certainly never know from their play. I mean, they obviously had a crushing loss of a, of a, of a team member who was, uh, you know, integral to their system. And, and it's, you just don't replace people like the bowl. And, and I know that was a loss to their system. Um, and it is a loss for the league as well. But they'll rebound and they'll, they'll come back. And, I mean, I certainly would not bet against the Alabama Fire no matter who they're playing. Uh, or Atlanta for that matter. I mean, they, they do a great job in Atlanta, and it shows on game day.
1: All right. So surprises for you as the CEO right now besides the top four maybe? Uh, what, are, what are you looking at right now in terms of like five through 14 at this point? I know Nebraska for me kind of stands out. They've done a pretty good job in terms of, you know, uh, playing toe-to-toe and doing well. Uh, any other team that you're looking at that, you know, the hippies have struggled, of course, and we kind of anticipated that because they're an expansion team and ground up, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, I think that, you know, the hippies and the prowlers both need to get a little momentum going. I mean, it'd be great if we could all, uh, you know, start, uh, you know, out of the gates with uh, with established systems. I mean, but if you look at the country as a whole, I mean, how many how many teams are there? that are Texas, Utah level. I mean, to go nationwide, to go every league. Ten? Twelve, maybe? Oh yeah. I mean at least ten. That's yeah. not easy. At least that's not easy. I think there's probably about ten. I don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, it's not just about Division One. I. I would I would certainly say that uh, the St. Louis Slam being in division two and, and I would put St. Louis up against any Division One team in any league. So I mean you can't really have those leagues that, you know those tier divisions break out because St. Louis has a, a, another long storied history. Um, yeah. So you Minnesota. know, I think that there's not that. Oh, Minnesota, the Vixen, absolutely Pittsburgh Passion can't leave them out. I mean, there's there's quite a few. Um, so you know, you can't always judge everything, and and you know, I, I think that one of the difficulties that the sport faces is, you know, not unlike your last guest. And they focus on the small market teams. And, and obviously D3 is quite large in the WFA. And and we all struggle with the fact that we want as many women to be able to play the sport that we love as possible. But at the same time, you know, the sport is not going to build on the back of D3 teams. Um, it's it's been very hard to build it off of that. It's going to be off the bigger, you know, the Boston's, the DC's, the Texas, the Utah, that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean there's not a place for the smaller teams, but you know, you're not going to get a lot of attention of bigger sponsors or certainly television audiences with 14 people. You know, we have 50, Utah probably has more than that. DC and Boston, I bet you have similar rosters. So, um, you know, that's what it's going to build on. I think there's a place for the smaller teams, and, and I've always thought that probably where this would go would be a, a professional league that's the higher echelon teams, and then more of a recreational farm system, not unlike Major League Baseball. I mean, the NFL has the NCAA, so that's kind of built in, but, you know, right. like the farm system in Major League Baseball, that is focused in smaller markets, so everybody gets to enjoy baseball, but not everybody is the Yankees. Not everybody is the Red Sox. Not everybody is the Dodgers. I mean, there can only be so many of those. And I think there's a role for all of those teams to play. You know, a lot of our middle-of-the-pack teams, going back to your question, in the WNFC are kind of all on that brink. I think Nebraska should not be taken lightly at all. They – Let me tell you what, I mean, if you ask any of our players, you know, they didn't quit one minute, neither did the Heat. Um, Las Vegas is on that bubble. You know, the Rebellion are just kind of right there. Um, You know, the Hippies, I think, have a little bit of growing to do, but, you know, there there has to be that growth because everybody, you know, goodness knows Texas Elite or Boston, D.C., Utah, you know, if you want to put those category on top, you know, we've been around for years. The people on the coaching staff that have been around for years, I mean, you know, on the back side, right? you know, the Prowlers of, of you know, 10 years ago and the Dallas Diamonds and, you know, all of the other teams that have kind of built up at this point. And every iteration gets a little better, um, but it takes a while to build up to that level and then you have to sustain it, which isn't easy either. So I think our middle group is going to be pretty good and make for some probably pretty exciting games. It's not all just about. Yeah. Coming up. I I know everybody coming up in the way, but week
1: five through through seven, I think it's going to get interesting. That's why I'm saying it's kind of a very interesting in terms of shuffling from, you know, five through uh, eight. It's going to get very interesting in terms of who's who wants to make a run at the top four and maybe knock off somebody in the top, you know,
0: top five. So that's Absolutely. going to be really nice. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Brian, um, you know, there was a question. Obviously, Texas, Texas, and Utah gets a lot of attention, but it, you sure. know, there are lots of other teams out there that do great things. It's not all about those two.
1: Um, there was a question about um, ruling. So here's ruling. Okay. Uh, mercy rule. Is it mercy rule forty zero? Is it decided by the losing team? And what's the rule for mercy for the mercy rule in your league?
0: Well, the mercy rule has been, I, I don't want to say a work in progress. It, it was established um, as once one team gets up by 30 points, their starting quarterback and running back are taken out of the game, and the clock runs uh, continuously. What we tried to do as best as we can is um, allow the team that's down to kind of be in control of that. You know, every time it's been one of our games, I've gone to the other sideline and said, look, our starting quarterback and running to back it out. What do you want to do? Because the last thing we want to do is cheat teams out of good game time. You know, if they want to run the clock, we will. If they don't, that's fine too. I think everybody's been trying to keep with the spirit of that. You know, we want to keep the scores close. You know, again, once we get to that parity level, which might take a couple of years, It won't be as big of a deal, and I hope we don't have it next year. But uh, right now, that's what it is. It's been kind of loosely enforced, I would say, because, again, you know, the team that's down, we want them to be in control of if you want the clock to run, that's fine. If you don't, if you want to continue to play and you want to get good game time and more experience for your players, then we want them to be able to have that opportunity. So I'm not sure it's perfect. I'm sure it's not. But, um, you know, we want to give the teams on the, on the lower end of the stick the, the ability to get everything out of the game so that they can, you know, improve and, and get better.
1: All right. Um, is there a rule between how many games a player can play before they're either, you know, can be on a roster? I mean, like a roster restriction of some point? Is there a limit on terms of games? Because in the past you've had – players that have not played one or weren't on the original roster, but they're plugged in in terms of certain situations in conference championships or key games. And there's, you know, teams that obviously go, Hey, well, that player never played more than, you know, one game you brought him in here. And so I'm saying dilemma like that, for example,
0: All of our rosters are locked down before the season starts. The only, the only time that's not true is for the developmental teams, which don't enter into the, the playoffs anyway. So if a player isn't on uh, one of our team's rosters before the season starts, then they don't play in our league. And if they are okay. on one of the rosters, then they are allowed to play. And that's all. That's all. You know, we try to avoid a lot of those pitfalls um, from the get-go. So, you know, once those rosters are set, they're set.
1: Okay. So basically, it's uh, there. No other eligible player unless
0: they they were on the roster originally.
1: Okay um so brian are you happy with wnfc tv because i'm pretty happy and there's a lot of feedback that i got from our page that we're very happy kind of like a red zone type mentality with you know uh, charlton sports net now you got uh facebook live from certain teams um so it makes it kind of interesting to pick and choose which game you want to watch
0: well, it's coming together. I mean, you know that technology stuff is—it uh, takes some work. And, and I—I got to tell you, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out to the WNFC staff. I mean, you remember all of these people are volunteers. Nobody takes a penny out of this league. I mean, we give all of our teams money. Our 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 uh, model is completely different than the other leagues. You know, our our teams don't pay any league fees. Don't pay any player fees. They actually get money. From the league it's completely the opposite and our staff are all volunteers nobody takes a check that paycheck not me not oj not anybody and the people working on the the streaming and the and the wnfc tv are working their tails off it's getting better every week uh, you know the use Screen partnership is taking shape and that'll be coming online in the next couple of weeks so you know, unless you're ABC, CBS, NBC, or something like that, that, you know, been doing this for a while, there's always a little bit of growing pains. We've certainly experienced that a little bit with some of the feed. Some of these fields don't have particularly good wifi access, which is definitely challenging sometimes. Um, but I think all in all, it's been pretty good. I mean, the commentators are, uh, are certainly having a good time with it. Uh, they obviously know the Atlanta team particularly well, but, um, You know, I think all in all, it's been good. We want the people to be able to watch uh, games whenever they want, and that'll develop over the year. I'm sure we'll have some learning experiences that we can improve for next year, but I think all in all, it's been a pretty good rollout, and and it should improve before we get to the Nine Bowl uh, in Denver down the road. Brian, uh, financials, uh, all that stuff,
1: everybody always wants to kind of talk about that, but is your – you know, is it a three-year plan for you, four-year plan before, like you said, the parity becomes less of a parity, more of a competitive state from like maybe one through eight or something like that in terms of top eight teams and stuff? So have you, you know, have we gone that far yet or are we just kind of brainstorming 24 months so far?
0: Well, you know, we, we knew that we wanted to start in the West. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the 900-pound gorilla that everybody has to deal with is travel. And, you know, the the, the airlines don't give us free flights just because we're the WNFC, no more than they do anybody else. So that's always a challenge. That's why we particularly uh, focused on the West first, because that's where the major travel challenges are. I mean, as good as Utah is, if you look at Salt Lake City on a map, it is in the middle of nowhere. It is close to nothing. Um, I'm sure that Rick and the guys kind of like it that way. But I mean, from a travel perspective, it's very difficult and, and Utah has probably one of the biggest challenges and they do a fantastic job dealing with that because it's it's difficult. You know, Texas we're blessed because this is, you know, football land and and they're you know, it's it's not anywhere near the challenge that the people further west have to deal with. So we knew if we could conquer the West, the East and um the northeast and the southeast where the cities are closer together would not be that difficult of a challenge. So, you know, obviously we want to expand. We want to bring in more teams from that area, um, tuition level. You know, again, our market is our, – our model is different because we're not asking teams to, to send us several thousand dollars. We're, you know, putting on a championship. We're doing everything that the other teams are doing, and we're not taking any money from the teams. So at some point, you got to ask where the money's going. But we're not doing that. We're giving money to our teams. We're bringing in national level sponsors, and you know, right now we have a three-year deal with Adidas. And I think if we can make our goals by the end of year three, I think you will see that the WNFC is significantly different than you see it today and everything will get
1: better. So, uh, how are you gotten feedback from uh, the, the players and the ownerships and stuff to you, I mean personally. Have you gotten a positive feedback or are they challenging you in certain things? I mean how has well, it been so I certainly so far? haven't
0: got any I certainly haven't gotten any negative. When when you get um, when you have a team as dynamic as as OJ and Elizabeth Jenkins and you know our commissioner and all of the people that make up our staff um, you know I'm kind of sitting at the top but I don't hear about a whole lot of problems because they've fixed them before they generally even become problems all of our team owners have been very responsive um, you know one team owner that has a good, Um, you know, has a good experience or or a good understanding of of one part of the business or one part of of gameplay, will share that with others. So, you know, we're kind of a a community, and everybody learns and benefits from each other. But, you know, our, our league staff are a bunch of dynamos. I mean, you know, I can't even keep up with all of it sometimes. Thank goodness I have lots of time to read email on plane since I have end up flying around quite a bit. Um, to keep up with everything that they're doing. So I'm sure once the season is over, we'll all sit down in a room and we'll figure out what was good, what was bad, what, uh, what can we change, what can we do better, what did we may maybe not realize. I don't know what those topics will be yet. I'm sure O.J. will have an exhaustive list by the time we get to that. Um, but, you know, when you have, you know, Jen Welter out there and her expertise to bring in, all of our board members, NFL alumni, people that we work with, Um, You know, there's a wealth of knowledge there to really create the league that I think a lot of people have wanted for a long time and to build it to where, you know, we can really get the sport going in the right direction and get the attention that these phenomenal female athletes deserve.
1: Now, what, three weeks in, pretty exciting. The the feedback we get is, just because of the streaming becoming so much better that it just blows everything away in terms of, you know, what was done prior, you know, in terms of women's football. So uh, we have to applaud you for that because that, you know, WNFC TV, is kind of like another level, especially with, you know, mobile streaming and everything that's going on. And now in our day, you know, before and back in the day, mm-hmm. it was literally, you got to a camera and everything else. Now you have different platforms that you can really distribute things to. So, I gotta get you guys credit for that. Um, some of the teams do better than others, uh, rebellion, uh, one of probably the, the best teams that have a nice live stream up there with some good replay and things like that. So that's something that anybody can follow as a guide because they've done a good job.
0: No, absolutely. And the rebellion has been very forth forthwith on sharing that with other people. Atlanta does an excellent job as well. We can't not mention them. Um, we're we're catching up i think our live stream team is just doing pretty well uh as well but you know we've got some teams out there that are doing uh a great job and you know they share their experiences and and their uh their triumphs and their failures to make everybody better so um i'm pretty pleased with that and i think it'll it'll get better each week what kind of feedback
1: have you gotten from like average fans i mean not just over in general, but three weeks in, you guys, I know you guys get direct messages from fans and things like that, or even parties that are at games. And, and so what's the, been the reception, you know, from kickoff to now?
0: Well, our fans are pretty hysterical. Um, I mean, you know, Texas league fans have been around for a while and, and, you know, uh, they uh, we, we get new fans all the time. I mean, I don't I don't monitor all the social media stuff in in that direction. But um, I think that we've given the teams a platform to where they can really go out um, and build, we're going to have some national advertising things that we're working with. Um, and some teams are much better at local marketing than others. Again, we're kind of a community and that's all being shared because there's some real pros out there on some of our teams that have done a great job in their local area. Again, Utah, I know does a terrific job there, Atlanta as well, Seattle, San Diego, um, you know, they all have strengths and and weaknesses and we all help each other there. Um, I think that as time goes by, you're going to see that build. But again, since our teams don't have the burden of player fees and team fees it makes it easier for them to recruit because, you know, for a long time, the barrier to ladies playing was the, the cost. And it was, you know, significant. I mean, when you don't have a 1000 or $2,000 league fee to pay, well, that money goes into your team's budget to spend on your team. We give out, right. you know, this last year we gave all of our teams $4,000. So now those teams are all $6,000 up over teams in other leagues, you know, so they have a $6,000 head start on their season, uh, you know, and that stipend will only increase each year. So, you know, we're trying to do things different and really, you know, uh, separate and, and create an, an upper echelon of, of teams and competition, which, should hopefully benefit, you know, all of the teams that play women's football and and help build all of it. I mean, you know, trickle-down economics isn't always super popular, but it actually does work pretty well in a capitalistic society. So, um, you know, we're trying to really separate and and get to a professional model, which should benefit all women's football players.
1: And it seems like it's been very exciting and really positively received in terms of what we gather, like I said, what I talk to and, and kind of engage with our fans on our pages, and a lot of uh, folks really uh, are diving into it, some of them don't even know that this sport exists. That's usually kind of blows my mind as well because, you know.
0: They well, it's a shame because it- there's, there's some incredible athletes out there. You watch some of these games, and, mm-hmm. and I think probably the thing that, that I enjoy hearing um, and I think some of the players do too, but but I, I hear this more and more is you know, that people don't even realize that they're women. The the play is so good that they have to take a, a step back and they go, wait a minute, you know, there's long hair coming out of the back of that uh that helmet or, you know, whatever it is that tips them off, but they can't tell because the level of play is 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 at that level and I think that's a compliment to to all of the women out there that you know they're football players and that's how they want to be known and and you watch some of these games I mean they're knockdown, down drag out and they, and it's it's real you know it's I know you like to have the no joke football well it's no joke that's for sure yeah it's it's, it's it you
1: know there's a lot of talented athletes we cover international the international scene as well and there's plenty of amazing uh women that play the sport in a, at a high level in
0: in various countries as well so um yeah i know why? we're gonna have so, to get with seattle they seem to be taking all the international players I, i'm feeling left out i'm gonna have to get to work
1: hey I, seattle's a great place to just commute in and commute out but the, the aussies love seattle for whatever reason i think the weather is kind of similar in that ring so that's why they come over
0: yeah
1: um might be so, Bryant, um, the, the season has literally just transpired. Uh, the, the week three rankings came out. Uh, at the beginning of the, of the season, everybody said, how can you put Utah first because they got beaten best of the West and, and pretty much the reaction everybody got. And how can you, you know, put uh, Spartans second? So, um, I guess we're going to answer the question in week four.
0: Well, you know, I want to make sure everybody knows I don't have anything to do with those rankings. Those are completely independent, so send all your questions to Oscar. Um, No, don't send them to me. (laughs) But, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, I don't know all the criteria that went into that. I mean, I reviewed the emails and stuff, but um, I I can tell you that that certainly hurt my feelings, and I am relatively certain that uh, the Texas Elite Spartans are – certainly um, intent on proving who is the number one team. And I'm sure that Rick and Samantha and all of the people out in Utah think they're number one and intend to prove why they are there. So that should make for a clash of Titans the next Saturday that we all look forward to. And I, I really, to be honest, I mean, I'm I'm not an overtly political person, although in this position sometimes I have to be, but between Texas and Utah, I don't think that you can go long picking either one as one and two because both of us would rather have it be determined on the field and not on a piece of paper, and we look forward to that opportunity this weekend.
1: Um, Brian, I have a question for you. I have a bunch of people go, why did we get Surge Utah on, on the schedule? Do you know why, or can you answer that?
0: You know... <clears throat> OJ would have a more accurate answer on that than I do because okay. she was very interly involved in the schedule. Unfortunately, due to being a little bit spread out in year 1, there was a couple of matchups that made that were just difficult. Again, Utah is kind of out there in no man's land, so that doesn't make it always that easy. Um, Seattle is also not particularly next door to everywhere. So that's another one that we had to deal with. Um, you know, since we were a founding team in the league, we kind of took a little bit more travel burden, uh, on Texas elite than other teams did. Um, which is why we are going out to Utah. I mean, that's, you know, that's an entire team's budget on one trip. Um, but that's kind of what needed to happen to make the schedule work for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I know that given the surge and and the Falcons past matchups, that was probably one that people were looking for. Uh, And what I would say is uh, given those two teams, I'm relatively certain they may get that matchup in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Well, we know that that's coming uh, given their history as well. And they've played before. And so interesting to do that. So one and two collide. Uh, I know you're going for what, uh, you're, you're being neutral here as the CEO or are you sticking with the Dallas, uh, Dallas mode here?
0: Well, I mean, I, I, I do co-own the Texas elite Spartan, so I, I am slightly biased in that regard. And, and, I think we'll probably do well. Um, I'm not one to talk trash to other teams and certainly not one with a history like Utah, but, um, I feel very good about our chances. We were very much in sync last week. Our girls are very hungry. Uh, They do not like that number two beside their name. And uh, I'm sure that they will come out ready to play on Saturday. And uh, I have no concerns. I'm sure Rick's squad is exactly the same way. And uh, they they certainly deserve the accolades that they get. and, And we will settle it on the field.
1: Wow, and this is good because nobody e- even knew that this was we're coming to this level. And here's the rankings that came out, and there's still one and two is going to collide. And it makes it so interesting for fans, in other words, for us to kind of talk about it and go. It's a build up to this week, and you're going to get get to see it live at this point, and it's pretty awesome. And I'm looking forward to LA and Seattle too. Not just not that the other two matchups are going to be, you know, nothing we're going to look at, but uh, LA versus no, Seattle rematch. That's also A nice one. Uh, Nebraska,
0: Nebraska, Houston will be good. I mean, I can tell you that the Atlanta, Texas is going to probably be a good one as well. We can't leave them out. I mean, every team in the Mm -hmm. WNFC is there for a reason. Some aren't quite to that level yet, but they're growing and they're moving. And, you know, we have criteria for our teams. It's not just about who can pay a fee. I mean, you know, our, our ownership groups are vetted. They have to have history even even the teams that are expansion and developmental. I mean, you know, Phoenix is developmental, but I know every member of that staff is – I used to live there. Um, you know, and, and some of them are starting a little slower than others, but they've, they've all sat down with us. They've met with us. We know what their plan is. We know what their resources is. Um, you know, they know what resources are coming from the league instead of taking resources away from them. Um, so, you know – the first year is always a little interesting. I think if we turned back the pages to the first year of the NFL, AFL, it might've been a little interesting as well. you have just been speaking with people named George Hollis instead of Brian Sewell, but, um, yep. You know, everybody starts somewhere and, and they'll all get them. And as we continue to recruit and the teams continue to grow, um, They'll just get th- get better still. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't look past anybody in our league.
1: Brian, is there a method like in Mexico where if you feel like one team or two teams uh, need a need a, t- a year off, is there something of a shuffle that you're going to do at this point? Like you know, take it down instead of a instead of 14? Are we going to you know go down to 12 for season two or or that kind of mentality in terms of evaluating at the end of the no, year? No, like I don't. That?
0: I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I'm not. To, I can't read the future, but I think probably we are more intent on probably doubling in size. Probably going from 14, 15 to probably 25, 30. Um, again, it it depends because you know we are. You know, we we vet our teams. You know, the 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 WNFC is invitation only. What we can just throw that out there. I mean, you know. I mean, there may be lots of teams that want to get in, but we're an invitation-only league because if you come into our league, we're giving you money. I mean, we, you know, we're we're writing checks to our teams to get them to that level. So it's a totally different paradigm than, you know, a rec league where you have to pay to be in, you know, membership, and, and it's just a totally different type of model. So, you know, we want to bring in teams that are established and have a history and can show pain. I mean, you remember, one of our big things in our league is there are no forfeits. Because if you forfeit a game and and the league can't find a way to make it happen, you're out. And you have to have a unanimous vote of the owners and the executive committee to get back in. So there are no forfeits in the WNFC. That's not going to happen. You know, the score. So Brian, are you to work
1: on a little bit? Are you looking at are we are we boosting the thirty or are we incrementally going to like sixteen next year and eighteen in well, that aspect
0: of it? We'll see. I think that all is gonna come down to the off season and we see the lay of the land. Um, I think that it would be reasonable for us to add probably another ten. But um, it has to be the right 10, and it has to be people that, you know, are Utah, Texas, San Diego, Seattle, Atlanta, you know, Alabama, these kinds of teams. And, and it's not just the, the, the bigger teams, too. I mean, there are lots of good teams out there that have shown that they can play at a high level for years, and they know how to do it right. Um, I don't know how many that's going to be. I think it's going to depend, but, you know, we're going to make sure that anybody that joins the WNFC is there for the long term. Um, Again, we're putting our money into them. So they kind of have to prove to us that they belong. There's certainly lots of teams that, that uh, can do that, that have had tremendous histories and have shown that they can do it right and do it on a sustained uh, platform for years. I don't know where that final number is going to be, but it definitely should go up. If we have a team that just isn't quite making it that needs to take a year off, um, we want to build this sport to a professional level where we can change the paradigm from money having to go out of players' pockets to money going in. Now, that's going to take a long time. That's a dream for a lot of people, and I don't think it's right around the corner, But I think it's starting to become in reach and everything we want to do is driven towards that goal. So we don't want to overextend ourselves um, but if we add the right number of teams that are solid with good histories that obviously have proven that they can do this um, I think that we'll only become stronger as the years go by.
1: Brian uh, the uh, adding a team's always is a normal in women's tackle football you start off with 12 and then all of a sudden we got 50 so it's like everybody will say well this is kind of like the same model that it was before in all that regard because you're adding so many teams instead of being stable with you know 14 for a season or two or whatever it might be so is it because you want to make it more regionally based where it's going to be 15 on each coast is that the the model mentality
0: Well, I think that, you know, you have to look at that. I mean, we have a map of the U.S. just like everybody else does, and we can kind of look at distances and figure it out. Um, Obviously, again, that's why we started in the West because that's a significantly more difficult logistical challenge. Um, You know, the the East Coast is closer together, much to their benefit, and, and that's great for them. But if we can do this in the West, we know that the East is pretty easy in comparison. I mean, you know, I think a lot of what you saw this past off-season was that, you know, the majority of people, either because of just a lack of information or due to specific disinformation that was being put out there, um, a lot of people didn't think that, you know, we could even pull this off. I mean, I've read more than uh, several messages and posts on social media that, you know, WNFC can't do what they're saying they're going to do, and they don't have any money, and, you know, this person is this, and that person is that, and, you know, we have now, you know, come another six months, you find out that all of that was crap, and none of it was true, and people were lying, you know, to beat the band because they felt threatened, um, we've had an interesting week this week because we've decided to enforce some of our copyrights and trademarks, and that was a learning experience for a few other teams that were on the other end of that that realized what a copyright in a U.S. registered trademark is. Um, right. And now they're having to change some things after you know, six to eight months, a year worth of lies. So you know, we try to rise above all that, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And it needs to be treated that way because that's what's going to get the women that play this game the recognition they deserve. And that's where we are going, and we're going to continue to go that. that, that We're going to continue to go that direction. The WNFC has met every promise that it's met to every single one of its teams and exceeded those promises. So we're for real. And anybody that thought we weren't going to be was just, simply either misinformed or naive, I don't know which one it may be, but you know we're only going to get stronger because that's going to keep building. And if some people are threatened by that, well, I'm sorry, but that's the way the WNFC is going to go, and we're going to take the sport to the next level. And I think that's where everybody wants it to go. It just depends on whether we're going to work together to have that happen, or whether we're going to continue to, you know, sling mud sometimes, which is unfortunate, but, you know, I mean, right. it's just, you know, there are certain things that you can't do, and, and we took a lot of, you know, OJ and I took a lot of slings and arrows over the offseason and got called a lot of names and got, you know, accused of a lot of things that are just patently yep. absurd. I've been sued a couple of times, managed to win all the lawsuits, amazingly enough. So, um, you know, when when people do that and then they keep losing, you know, there's a a saying out there that if the law isn't on your side and uh, the evidence isn't on your side, you know, attack the other team's lawyers. Well, okay. We've kind of been through that now. We've won. We continue to win. Our model works, it will continue to work. Our staff is unbelievable. And they will continue to build this sport so that it can get the recognition and, and start to get to that pro level that we all want to see.
1: Brian, um, the platform's going to change. Uh, year two's going to have changes. Uh, so this offseason is going to be very interesting in terms of your league because, there's a, like you said, you know, there might be increases in teams or uh, platforms are going to be introduced. Uh, but you know hats off to you and your team um, and all the you know the former players from the team USA that are obviously contributing to as well and so but it's been an exciting four weeks so far I'm looking forward to this weekend Um, WNFC TV a success a lot of fans really enjoy it especially you know on the go like myself I'm always on the go so mobile phone is Mm -hmm. just awesome for me to watch you know uh and uh Charleston sports net had us off to them hats off to the crew. That's doing the Atlanta Phoenix as well. And the rebellion. So three of those teams have done pretty good job. Uh, not, not take away anything from the other teams that do Facebook live, but for the most part they've stood out. So it's a great sign for you guys in terms of going forward with
0: success. Well, everybody's been working really hard. I mean, you know, there is no, you know, professional sports league in a box, um, template to follow. Sometimes there's lots of people out there with lots of good ideas. Um, and we don't turn any of those away. Um, but I mean the the staff and all the team staffs have really been working hard to get this product on the field. You're going to see a lot more things coming. Um, like I said, we, we, we've, we've only, we're only three weeks in, give us, give us a year or two to continue to build and continue to polish it out. And I think, you know, when we have this discussion next season, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have taken it up another notch or two.
1: All right. So, uh, Brian, it's going to be great. Week four, Utah, Texas, it's the, basically the marquee game of the uh, on the schedule this week. L.A.-Seattle, the rematch of week one, the seven to six, uh, you know, just basic trenches work there. And then uh, Nebraska versus Houston, as you said, pretty uh, interesting to see what the outcome is going to be for them. And then San Diego versus Las Vegas as well. So, uh, you know, it's four interesting games this weekend. uh, Two of them with crucial uh, ranking uh, implications, which is Seattle and Los Angeles, as well as Utah and Texas. So the battle for number one, and then the battle for the lower
0: middle uh, of the pack as to who wants to go forward and edge closer to that top five. Right. Well, it's, you know, it's a long season and, and, uh, you know, the saying goes, that's why they play the games. So, you know, I, I think that um, there'll be a lot of interesting twists and turns as the, as the season plays out. I think our format, um, which uh, is a little different in the playoffs, but I think that will result in the two best teams standing at the end. And whoever those two teams are, it's going to be, it's gonna be a, a battle and it's going to be a great game. And something that we can launch year two in and, and take it from there. I I think we all kind of want to get to the same place. We just, we're kind of taking a different path that other teams or other leagues in the past haven't done. And, um, you know, I think it's working and I I think it's going to work well for the future.
1: All right. So Cottonwood high school, uh, Saturday, the 27th, 3 PM, mountain standard time. That is the clash of Clashes. It is the rematch of the best of the West. Utah, number one ranked Utah against number two ranked Texas Elite Spartans. So it's gonna be great to watch it this weekend. So uh looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, everybody should just take the day off and sit there by their screens and wait for that one.
1: Oh, I'm taking the day off for sure. That's uh, that was just, uh, that was just a don't circle even on go my to
0: work that day. Just that just was circled on my one. calendar
1: it's... when the when the <laughs> schedule came out.
0: I was circled right
1: there, uh, no. right along Atlanta, Utah. I mean, uh, Atlanta the elite on the other. No, so that's that's like two markets right there. I can, I can right tell past.
0: you, yeah, the players are really revved up. I'm sure the Utah players are the same. I mean, I, you know, uh, our our ladies are bouncing off the bouncing off the ceiling. I'm pretty sure. I've read some of the Facebook comments of the last couple hours, and they're just—it's got it. They're Brian. It's got an, going, Brian, it's got an
1: NCAA nuts. NCAA bowl feel to it. You know what I mean? When you go, it just has that yeah, feel well, like it, its college I football guess it's, feel, you know. Alabama number one, number two. That's played
0: in the regular season. No, no, yeah. I mean, and that's true. But that—that's the kind of excitement that we want to build around the sport. It just seems to be focused at Texas and Utah right now. But I mean, you know, there are other good matchups out there. You know, imagine how nice it would be if you know we had. Texas and Utah and San Diego and Seattle playing some of the other top-end teams out there, and and we had a marquee matchup like this every week. You know oh, yeah. that's not impossible. It just takes people with the vision to see that that is possible and make it happen. I mean that's where the sport deserves to be because believe me, we have enough top-echelon teams. In in the United States to be able to have marquee matchups like this every week, if you know we can get the top echelon teams together and and really show what this sport can uh, can be. I mean, you know, I, I think Texas and Utah are pretty good. I'm a little biased. Um, but I would certainly never be one to say that there are not other teams out there that are at that caliber because we all know that there are, and we all know who they are, and they know who they are. And I'm pretty sure they would like to be playing that level of competition as well, and hopefully we can get to that place soon to where we can – you can be bouncing out of your chair in the studio ready for, you know, a big – big marquee matchup every week
1: it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be exciting uh it's a great weekend on top of that you have wnfc week Four: utah texas and in the wfa we have boston dc which is the staple of two classes as well so you got double double whammies right there double excitement everything's going to come together so looking forward to two two of those uh, matchups in both leagues sure right. so brian thanks for making the time I know you're a busy guy, and I really appreciate you coming on and kind of giving us uh, the, you know, vision and growth of what the WNFC is uh, evolving to. And so, so far, you know, hats off to you and your crew and everybody else involved. And it's been great well, as a fan my- to watch game day, your know, it-
0: highlights, four, four, four games.
1: It's been really awesome.
0: Well, it's my pleasure to come on. I mean, OJ and I are never too busy uh, to get the word out to our fans and, and to people. I mean, she runs a big company. I run a big company. But um, we're never too busy to, to try to get on your show. And we appreciate the time and everything you do for promoting the sport. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to be on either her or I in, in the next uh, several weeks, a couple more times before the season's over. And and uh, and we just yeah, appreciate the, the, the time and the Before platform. the
1: playoffs, Brian. Brian, before the playoffs, you need to come back. Just right before that the playoffs, because we're going to be, like, really excited about what the last four standing would be. That's, that would be awesome. So, I really thank you well, for we'll making the time. Well, really something appreciate
0: out for either me or yeah. OJ or both of us to yeah, no know what the schedules are. You never want to leave her out. She's a ball of fire. So, you know.
1: No, no, she is. Um, she's just a so little bit busy uh,
0: right now as our head coach. So, you know, she is, uh, she's got a plate full right now.
1: No, of course. And then obviously her mom passing away this uh just affects that all as well. So um No. Well so
0: Lola uh, was our biggest fan, so we all miss her very much every day. Oh yeah. And she's a very good very good lady, very uh, a lot of fire, bowl of fire as
1: well. So um Brian, thanks again. Safe travels. Uh we'll keep tabs in a, a couple of weeks, either with you or an O J. But uh this WNFC is heating up and uh we're getting into the middle of the season, week five and starting to, to transform itself and a lot of fans are excited so we we'll look forward to the next couple weeks terrific it should be good we look forward to it have a great night thank you for making the time again great you're welcome Oscar have a good evening all right guys uh, that was Brian Seawall the uh, CEO of the WNFC and so uh, what a, a start to their season what in it you know so they're four, uh, four weeks in now and a clash of two of the top teams in their league, Utah versus Texas, uh, and then Nebraska against Houston. It's going to be interesting there to see if Houston can pull out a win or Nebraska can literally be impressive here as well and stay in the hunt. Uh, L.A. versus Seattle, the rematch there. Our own Holly Custis going out at one more time uh, against uh, Bobby Hossa and the Bobcats out there. The Surge will be taking on the Las Vegas Stars. So that's a return from uh, the bye week, and they're normally very brutal. So we'll see how Las Vegas fares at this point. But that's week four in the WNFC. Uh, in the WFA Division One, the champions, Boston Renegades, will take on their arch rivals, DC Divas as well. Cali War in Division One will take on Phoenix Phantoms. Uh, Division Two, Philly versus the Nighthawks, which have been impressive early on this season. So, so far, so good. Uh, St. Louis Slam, another another team that had just completely just came back with uh, fury, and they're taking on Derby City. Derby City's biggest challenge, the Slam. So we'll see how they're going to fare there. Kansas City Titans look to rebound after two losses. They're looking at mile high, and then mile high looking to make a statement here. Will the Titans fall three weeks in a row here? Loses three times to Division two and Divi- uh, to Division two squads as well. So we're looking to see how the Titans are going to fare offensively. They're struggling at this point. Uh, so we'll see who's going to lead them to a victory. And if it's going to be against Mile High with our girl out there, Smooth Laurie Jones and Sasha Cruz, are no-joke football athletes out there. Uh, so they're going to be taking care of the Titans. And that's what they look forward to from my talk to them. They're looking forward to a big win for Mile High here at home. Division three, the Anarchy, can't say enough, 3-0. and They're taking on Jacksonville Dixie Blues, and uh, I'm just going to say prayers to the Blues because the way the Anarchy's playing right now, defensively and offensively, they're on point. South Oregon coming off a great, uh, you know, uh, last week, taking on Tacoma, and then it's going to be uh, a matchup of matchups. Mayhem, Maine Mayhem against Connecticut Hawks. That's another one you got to be watching out for. Uh, shout out to week three surprises here, and that was uh, the New York Wolves 13-8 to win over Maine Mayhem. They're coming off a tough, tough loss there, 13-8. Uh, the other close matchups were the South Carolina Smash uh, 28-6 to over Knoxville, uh, and then you had uh, Mississippi River, uh, Mississippi Royalty taking on the Mississippi Panthers, and it looked like number seven beat number two. And so 30 to 26 in a very tough matchup there as well. The Arkansas uh, Wildcats rebound 6 to 0 against Tulsa. Great job there by Arkansas after two week consecutive losses as well. And then you had a tough battle in Austin Outlaws against Camo uh, County uh, 14-12 in a big battle there as well. So what a, a great weekend that's going to happen here in, in the uh, week four matchups in both the WNFC and the WFA. So uh, it's going to be great. We're going to dive into Legends Football League, uh, and then we have the matchup uh, off YouTube. Uh, you, uh, you can watch it on the Legends site as well. Seattle uh, Seattle, uh, Miss taking on the Los Angeles Temptation, the return of Ann Erler, and the return of Monique Gaxiola. What an exciting game there. Early on in the matchup, Seattle just literally was getting blown up by the uh, Temptation defense specifically T.J. Anderson, which was uh, very good against uh, Kike Matheny. Then Seattle got going uh, with uh, Stevie Schnorr, and then it changed things up when Allie Alberts gets involved, uh, Matheny to Alberts, and you get an opportunity there where Salerno was sort of flustered in a way where it's not normal for her. She has targets. It just seems like the chemistry wasn't there for them. Uh, Gistra was one of her key targets that she was using, offensive coordinator and the head coaching issues in los angeles are basically the hindering of this team otherwise this team would be an amazing offensive also threat so seattle took advantage of la's ineptitude to do that and so at this point ali alberts and the uh, miss literally made a statement there malloy as well played really well you had uh, jade randall played really well and so, uh, Kara Williams, uh, just a standout in this game and made some really great strides in terms of an athlete here. And she's done it. And then Savannah Wood, the lumberjack, just laying it out out there as well. So, Seattle, very stout. We knew coming into the season, this is an all-fantasy squad. You add Alberts to the mix there, and it makes it more, more killer instinct-type mentality. Los Angeles, uh, Gaxiola coming off for basically a hiatus from the sport. A little rusty here, but other than that, um, that's good leadership. Hopefully, they can get that improved. You also have some key pieces there. Um, you had Chard on, on the left. You also had TJ Anderson, which is a beast. And then taking advantage of uh, Agawa, uh, Sherry Agawa, and uh, Jistra would be a key to, obviously, the temptation success going forward in game two. This is a lot of incompletes and overthrows by Salerno really caused them not to be in sync and nowhere to be found was Delaney Hall. So I don't know what the offensive coordinator here or their slash head coach is thinking, but you got weapons in Los Angeles and you're just not using them correctly. And your playbook stinks. Your playbook should be run game. It worked well for a couple of series. You run Nas Johnson, and then you kind of attack with the short passing, obviously taking care of that. And it worked out really well on those couple of series. And then you kind of ran away and didn't do it anymore caused you the game, but you had opportunity there with taking advantage of the talented uh, Hadley Distro there as well, and you had opportunity with Delaney Hall to kind of match up with that. Defensively, it looks like LA with uh, Gaxiola back in the mix should be a force to be reckoned with, especially as they go forward in the next three games, but uh, reality is they faced a really big, good team in Seattle, and they had opportunities to really do that. Seattle, uh, everybody thought they were going to run away with it, but uh, LA really kept up with them and showed some of their uh, muscle that they have. So it was really exciting to see that game at Citizens Bank Arena. And you had the uh, you know no uh, Delaney Hall, which was kind of worrisome for me because that is your best athlete from last year, and you didn't even throw the ball to him. But uh, Seattle on the other side, Kara Williams, um, you have Savannah Wood, and you have obviously Stevie Snore and Allie Alberts as literally the the best asset that they could have picked up in the offseason. So there's a lot of key pieces uh, in Seattle that are going to be tough to beat. So there, I think they run the table. Um, as, as from what I can see right now, uh, unless anybody else stumbles on them, they're going to run the table to Legends Cup. And so on the other side, this next, this weekend, uh, you're going to be watching on via YouTube the Atlanta Steam taking on the new look Chicago Bliss new coaching staff in Chicago, and that's going to be via uh, the YouTube channel on Legends Football League. We'll recap that next week as soon as the video comes out and we see the game live and stuff like that. It was a 30 to 8 victory by the Atlanta team, and our girl out there, Michelle Marshall, our no-joke football athlete as well, participating there, um, and so uh, she had a good game as well. So we're looking forward to the uh, live broadcast of LFL on YouTube this coming Saturday as well. And then you have the opportunity uh, to watch WFA Boston versus DC Divas. You have WNFC Clash, Texas Elite versus Utah Falcons. So it doesn't get any better than this. And you're looking at uh, week three in the LFL, and we'll get it up to uh, preview up there on our Facebook page. So at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. So you guys have been liter- li- literally tuning in, to the best uh, broadcast talking wounds American football globally for six years running powered by Zazo.com and block talk radio, which we're really proud of and all our networking uh, people that help us out to spotlight all these athletes uh, globally. I want to give a shout out and appreciate all everybody that's done the work to bring awareness to the sport, everybody that's purchased stuff from our shop and continues to support us there. So if you haven't gone to the shop yet, I encourage you to go there Save about $10 for shipping. It's nine ninety nine. Link it in, and you get free shipping for the whole year. Take advantage of all the specials that happen week to week. Uh, use the special codes and take advantage of up to, sometimes up to 25% off. So you can't get any better deal than that. Zazzle has been on sponsors for six years, and we are more than gracious and grateful for them to continue to support us and believe in the women's game as well. So we really want to... Um, so we really want to make sure that, uh, you, you know, we support our sponsors as well. So you can catch all the replays uh, on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts Now, Player FM, and then, uh, like I said, Wednesdays, uh, 10 a.m., 1 p.m. Eastern on Indie Rap Radio. And uh, always you can always get the replay here on Block Talk Radio. So I want to thank uh, Jennifer uh, Garland-Johnson, the owner of the U.S. WSFL, and then, obviously, Brian Sewell, the CEO of the WNFC, for coming on and kind of giving us their insights in both their leagues. I know we don't cover the US WSFL as often, but uh, it is it, it does exist. It is a great quality league, and uh, it deserves some attention as well. And then the WNFC front and center this year as the spotlighted uh, league with all the new uh, things that are happening there. So it's going to be a great week four in both uh, leagues in the US. And if you go to the hub right now, we got things going on there. 6,900 strong. Really appreciate it. If you want to go to the Hub, uh, there is a rating system on our page. Looking forward to uh, having all these – everybody that goes to the Hub kind of rate us and give us some positive feedback. If you got any negative feedback, you know, direct message us with anything like that. But if you want positive feedback, just give us a rating. You can also give us a rating on our Apple podcast as well as so that we can get, uh, you know, four or five stars depending on what we deserve. And so we'll have our panel coming back in the off season. So right now we have uh, Holly Custis uh, in Seattle playing for the WNFC Seattle Majestics. We got Mackenzie Brooks uh, playing for the Iowa Phoenix out there. We got Louise Bean going back for Utah Falcons soon here. Troy Wilson, a little hiatus. He'll be back on the, after the 30th. And so that's our basic panel there. And they'll be back soon. But uh, what a great, great show today. And kind of spotlighting everything that's happening. Massey ratings should come up in about week five. That's when we start really looking, diving into it. The w, uh, WFRC Week Three Power Rankings are up on our page as well, so you can go take a take a look at that now. There's an article on the uh, NFL Drafts. So you can take it, go to the hub, and take a look at that. 254 picks for the draft at this point. You also have uh, articles on the LNFA Femenina. The clash between two of the best teams in Spain ended with a victory for the current champions, Barbera Rookies, who beat Valencia 28-14 and secure the finals berth. Uh, in this coming week it's going to take place may 25th so there's about three weeks left in the season so they're playing out We Real, really want to thank thornton lux out there from spain who always provides us with some great uh, photo stills of the action that happened in lnfa feminina in spain uh, and then the other one the other matchup with buffaloes versus drax so really uh, appreciate the thornton's lux uh, work out there in spain to kind of network with us and kind of give us out Coming up this weekend, it's week nine in the LNFA Feminina, and it's going to be crucial battle here. Firebats have nothing to lose here. The Pioneers and the Buffaloes are, battle- are battling for third and fourth. Who will finish third and fourth at this point? So um, Pioneers really need this win against Firebats to see if they can pull up a win here. There's some uh, cool things uh, in the uh, LFL 360 article, so you can read up on it. Seattle avoids the temptation. It opens up with a 34-19 road win at City Scene Bank, and that's what we just talked about in recap, so it's a great win by the Mist to start off the season there. There is a recap of Week 1 and Week 2 in the French League in the Women's Challenge Feminine, uh, courtesy of Vimeo, and so uh, you can check it out there and then highlights as well of Week 1 and Week 2 in the Challenge Feminine in France, and then we have a, a, uh, uploaded the uh, article as well, so then we also have the uh, LFL Talk episode that featured Monique Axiola, interviewed by the Steph McCormick and uh, Audrey Molos as well as uh, LFL Talk episode 95 is on our hub as well. And then the best team in Mexico in terms of legend style play, the WFL's uh, V Queen Saltillo was spotlighted van- by Vanguardia on their early success, which they're 3-0 in coming of season after their 35-0 victory over a pretty interesting article there and you can check out the feature there as well um in week three there was an article that was done by the south Renegades, the south oregon renegades on their blog and that spotlighted the matchup uh against the portland fighting shockwave uh so division three south oregon put a very competitive fight in a 35 20 loss versus division one portland shockwave so that was really really cool uh matchup there as well and everybody on social media has been doing the uh Nominations for the 10-day football challenge. Every day, you select an image from a day in your life of football had an impact on you or you've been a memorable moment or you post it without a single explanation. Then you nominate someone to take the challenge. And that's 10 days, 10 photos, 10 nominations, and no explanations. So everybody's been participating on that. So take advantage of that. Uh, kind of share and do all that. It's pretty fun. So if you haven't done it yet, check it out and start doing it. And then we also have... Uh, Sweden Women's League Division 1 uh, article uh, pre-scrimmage. It was the Göteborg Marvels against the Norway's uh, Valerenga Trolls. And then we have Week 2, Sweden Women's uh, Champions, Carlsbad Crusader Damers. The champions, they get a scare from John Koppin Spartans. Crusaders edge Spartans 26-24 in the late fourth quarter offside mistake by John Koppin. So you get the uh, article there by laggett.ce as well uh, at the hub. Everything at the Hub. So if you want to go, what's happening in sport internationally in the U.S. and everywhere abroad, the best network on the planet, you are listening to it right now. We are the best in the business, and we're proud to say that. And we cover wall-to-wall action. We cover women's American football, legend style or full kit, and we are the best network on the planet. So really, really proud of that. And thanks for making us the best podcast talking women's American football and NFL news here on Block Talk Radio. And the reach on TuneIn is huge. The reach on Apple Podcasts is huge. And now Google Podcasts as well. So if, share our podcast, spread the word. I uh, have people listening to us as well, and they are made aware of that er, there is women's American football and it's played at a high level. WFA, WNFC in the States, XXFL. You got USWSFL in the States. Coming up in May, we are getting ready for WWCFL in Canada and the Maritime in Canada as well. So uh, once again, thanks to Jennifer Garland Johnson of the US WSFL owner and Brian Sewell of WNFC CL for coming in today. Uh, we'll catch you guys here next week on the Blitz episode 271 as we are heading into week five of both WFA and WNFC. So pretty exciting. So for Oscar Lopez here and for the absent Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks, Louise Bean and Troy Wilson, let's say, Thank you everybody for listening and we'll catch you here next week.